Thank you, Lord, for your sweet presence, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, you're so worthy. Come on, let's entertain that moment. Let's get a wonderful spirit here tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Entertain that spirit tonight, Jesus. Jesus, you're worthy. Hallelujah. Come on, won't somebody just wait out in that right now? Let the Holy Ghost begin to take over your world right now. Come on, let the Holy Ghost begin to speak in your world. Jesus, we love you. Hallelujah. God, we love you. Oh, let the Spirit take over right now where you can't do it. Let the Spirit inter intervene in the place that you can't do it. Jesus, we love you. Hallelujah. Somebody might have said, Brother Lord, I can't do any of it. That's why we need to let the Spirit take over. Let the Spirit take over. God, we love you. Hallelujah. We love you. What a wonderful God. Oh, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. It is so good to be in the Lord's house tonight. Amen, amen. The Lord is good. And he's great to be praised. Can I get an amen out of that? Yes. Amen. Thank you so much for being in the house of the Lord on this midweek service. Yes, yes, yes. It's not have to be here tonight. And I do not take for granted you taking time out of your day to get ready and come to the house of God. Whatever means it took for you to be here, we're so thankful. The beautiful thing about saying um, come to the house of God, that means that we're saying yes to the Lord. Yes, amen. No to some other things in our life. And that's always yes, amen. not easy to do and we're thankful that you chose that today to be in God's house and I do not take that for granted I'm so glad that you are here it's good to have these young people in the house of God Amen. Casey and Miranda I'm so glad that they're coming back today to be with us they moved back to Marion and I'm so thankful that they are, are here amen as long as as well as everyone else Someone was able to be back today. It's not been able to be back. And we're thankful that you are in God's house. Familiar scriptures tonight that I will turn to. Book of Acts chapter 2, verse 1. Very familiar scriptures. And many of us could quote them without even opening your Bible or looking on the screen tonight. But either one. I encourage you to read your word every day. Talked about that quite a bit last week. And I mentioned it tonight. The Word of God is quick, it's powerful. Sharper than any two-edged sword. It is able, praise God, to help us in anything. When you don't know what to pray, you can open up the Psalms and you begin can begin to pray the Psalms. If you don't know what to pray, you can open up to the Lord's Prayer. You can begin to read that prayer. If you don't know what to do, you can just search the Scriptures. And it has life. Amen. Tonight we're going to talk about some of that life. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, all being about 120. Um, the reason was 500 that the Lord had spoke to, but somehow only 120 found its way to the upper room. 
They were all with one accord in one place. They'd been there about 10 days seeking God. Sometimes it takes a while to get them one accord. Amen. It takes them a while to get there. But if we'll hang around a while, we'll get there. Amen. And suddenly, there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. It appeared to them cloven tongues. Everybody say tongues. Like as a fire. And it set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Friedrich Nietzsche said, He who has a lie to live for can bear it almost anyhow. He who has a lie to live for can bear it almost anyhow. Today I'm going to be talking about why I speak in tongues. Let's talk to the Lord. Jesus, we love you. We thank you for your blessings. Thank you for the opportunity to be in the house of God today. Thank you, Jesus, for everyone here. We thank you, Lord, for the incredible, wonderful gift of the Holy Ghost. We thank you, Lord, that you did not leave us comfortless, but you sent us the comforter. You sent us the Holy Ghost. And whatever we're going through, Lord, we do not have to walk that road alone, God, that you are with us, God. And I'm so thankful tonight, Lord, that you are here, God. And I'm asking that you would bless our hearts and our spirits. You would help me, God, to minister this word to this congregation, to our hearts and our spirits. In the name of Jesus. Church, say amen. Amen. Many don't know how to live for God. Because they don't know why they should live for God. If you don't know why you should do something, then what's the sense of doing it? No doubt every one of us has been in that place in life that you're doing something, maybe it's taxing, it's hard, it's painful. All of a sudden, you just begin to question, why am I doing this? I've been there many times. Sometimes, when I can't figure out why, I walk away. And then sometimes I'm questioning why, and I begin to seek for the answer, and I figure out. Okay, this is why I'm doing this. And it gives me strength to go a little farther. I know that many do not know their why or the importance of why we should live for God. If we live in it, ever lived in a time that people question that, it absolutely is now. So people live as weak Christians and they spend a lifetime struggling in their walk with God because they really don't know why. They're living for God. And they don't know why they're doing what they're doing. And that's why I've said nearly every time with this little series that I'm doing, Simon Sinek says, the why is the purpose, cause, or belief that drives every one of us. Tonight, I'm glad you had a why that got you to the house of God. Amen. I don't know what that why was. It might have been your parent. Parents are the one over you saying you're going to church whether you like it or not. Amen. It might have been knowing that me or Sister Cheryl was going to text or call and say, where are you at? <laughs> Whatever it is, I'm glad you, you found a while to be in the house of God. And it could just be that because you love God and you want to be in the house of the Lord. 
So this is why I have started this midweek series that I have titled, This is Why. And tonight, I'm going to talk about this is why I speak in tongues. I was nine years old. Remember, I'm 50 now, I can remember opening my eyes. That little church building of Old Star Bethlehem Church. If he was standing on that platform, I would have been laying right in this area. Remember opening my eyes and looking up at those that were standing around me. I had just got done speaking in tongues for the very first time ever in my life. As I opened my eyes, I remember feeling that very awkward feeling because all those standing around me, smiling, Rejoicing over the fact that I had just received the Holy Ghost for the very first time. I had just been raised in my church all my life. But, and I'll be honest, at nine, I don't remember what led me to there. I remember going to often praying many times and being a kid. But I, I, don't, I, don't remember, I don't remember exactly how I ended up on my back in the floor and how it all happened. All I remember is uh, waking up. Uh, or coming to myself, whatever you want to say, with my eyes open, looking around, and I, I remember seeing my mom's big smile on my face, my grandmother, and, and I, I, I had just been filled with the Holy Ghost. And how did they know that I had been filled with the Holy Ghost? Because I had spoke in tongues. That is what the Bible called it, speaking in an unknown tongue. And no doubt if you... Uh, most of you have been around here enough, you hear it happen a lot in this place. You'll hear people speak in tongues. You'll hear, hear people, uh, whatever people want to call it, you know. To be honest with you, I don't really even remember it very well that day at nine when I spoke in tongues for the very first time. I don't remember it real well. It's been a long time. I've slept a lot since then. I've hit my head a few times. I, I've, I've done a lot of stupid since then. I was young, and it was 41 years ago. To be honest, I don't really remember speaking in tongues again after that until many years later. Perhaps that's why somewhere around the age of 10, 11, I become that little backslidden hypocrite that I've been talking about over the last two or three uh, weeks of this sermon, giving my testimony about why I repented and why I was baptized in Jesus name and why I'm doing what I'm doing so at nine I received the greatest gift in the world and I just let it go to the wayside for seven years I don't remember sister Hussey speaking in tongues after that day maybe I did maybe I didn't but it was not something that's just engrafted in my mind that I remember after that moment it was not until September 1987 did I truly even care or even much think about the Holy Ghost and speaking in tongues because I went down a dark road that I wished I hadn't went down, but I did. But I'm thankful God gave me a second chance. Amen. And he's thankful for God to give you a second chance. He's not obligated to give you that chance over and over and over, but but, but Brother David Hussey, he, he filled me at nine, even though I was young and I walked away from God until I was 16 years old. He gave me a chance to renew what he had given me all over again. And so after I truly repented, I truly repented. 
as I, I preached about it. You can go back and listen to it. And I was baptized in Jesus' name at St. Charles Lake. I began seeking the Lord to refill me with the Holy Ghost all over again. I began to seek that experience, Sister Janet, that I could speak in tongues because I can remember it at 16. I remember it speaking in tongues that day at 9, but, but it was a very distant memory. And, and he, today it's even more distant at 9 years old. But I remember night after night going to the altar after each message that was preached. I don't remember the sermons that was preached. I have no idea, but I do remember Brother David going to the altars and seeking God and the, uh, seeking God to refill me with the Holy Ghost once again. And I remember many times uh, me being the last one on that altar when everybody else had left that altar because I knew I needed to be filled with the Holy Ghost once again. I knew I needed to be uh, uh, speaking in tongues once again. And I, I was the last one on that altar many times and, and I was crying and I was seeking for a refilling of the Holy Ghost and I remember exactly where I was and I remember who was praying for me one night in particular again if you were standing at the pulpit looking out there was an organ that sat right over here at that time and I was knelt right down in front of that organ right along this area and I, I was weeping I was crying bitterly and I was oh God I want to be I want you to refill me with the Holy Ghost and, and one, my, one of my memos my memo Frazier my mom's mother an absolutely incredible lady she was praying for me also and some other ones but the thing that I remember Remember about that night that stuck out to me was this. Hearing the pastor of our church at that time. Probably nobody here knows him, but maybe Sister Chastity knows who I'm talking about. It was not my wife's brother. Uh, it was even before his time. I remember that pastor of that church. I was I stayed there crying and praying and seeking God for so long. I could hear him as I was there praying, saying, I don't know what's wrong with him. I'm going home. Talk about discouragement. I'm seeking the Holy Ghost. The pastor said, I don't know what's wrong with him. I'm leaving. That was determined. I was determined. God was going to refill me with his spirit. Amen. I was going to speak in that heavenly language once again. And then, November the 21st of 1987 came. I remember it specifically. It was a Friday night. I'd come home from school that day. It was gun season. I went and headed to the woods as quick as I could. When I got uh, got home from school that day, got in the woods, and I killed a deer. I got that deer, and I took it home as quick as I could, and I strung it up and, and was going to take care of it later because we was having a youth rally that night. And, and I, I took off to that youth rally at Midway Valley Pentecostal Church in Dawson Springs, in there in between Dawson Springs and Princeton, Kentucky. They're on Highway 62. And that night, God refilled me with the Holy Ghost by allowing me to speak in that heavenly language once again, to speak in tongues. Hallelujah. He allowed me to be filled with His Spirit again on November the 21st. Hallelujah. Nineteen. 87. Now, that is my testimony about speaking in tongues. I know it's real. People say that speaking in tongues, it's a lot of, it's hogwash. You don't have to speak in tongues. It's not necessary. You don't have to do it. It's not real. 
I'm going to tell you what. If you think it's not real, you ain't walked in my shoes because I know it's real. Amen. I know what it's like. For God to overtake your mouth and words to come out of your mouth. And I'm hearing myself say something and I don't have no idea what it is. But it's coming out of my mouth. But I know something's going on inside my mind, inside my body that's different that I can't. I, I'm not in control. God's taking care of it. You might think it's not real. But I believe the Bible tells us very different. Yes, that's right. John 3 and 5, we know the scripture, you hear me talk about it all the time. Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say to you, except the man be born of the water and of the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Jesus told them in Luke 24 49, he said, I'm going to send the promise of my Father to, upon you, but carry you in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. He was talking about what they experienced in my text today in Acts chapter 2. And in my opening verses today, we see the fulfillment of those scriptures. Going back up there, Jacob. Is that, that close to you? Let's read it again. We probably quote it anyway. And on the day of Pentecost, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Yes. Amen. Next verse. And there appeared to them cloven tongues. Did I say tongues? Tongues. Like as fire. And it set upon each of them that they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them others. Yes. This happens, Sister Chassie. And all of a sudden, Peter gets up. He begins to preach the word of God. It begins to be noised abroad throughout the whole entire area. They heard these 120 people speaking in all these different languages all throughout. And all these people begin to say, what in the world is going on? These men are Galilean, and they're speaking my language. And this one's speaking my language. And that one's speaking my language. What was happening? God had poured out this unknown tongue to these people, but these other people was hearing them. And I have to believe one reason there was such a great revival that happened that day is these people weren't just praising God in an unknown tongue. They was praising God in somebody else's tongue and maybe even preaching the gospel to somebody else through the Holy Ghost speaking in an unknown language to that individual, but to that person that was hearing it, they were being preached to. Yeah. And that's when they said in verse 37, what must we do to receive what you got? Amen. And Peter gets up and he says, repent. Be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the mission of your sins, and you shall receive the what? The gift of the Holy Ghost. You might receive. If you're lucky, you'll get it. No, he said, you shall receive it. Amen. I speak in tongues because I have experienced what that 120 experienced on the day of Pentecost and the other 3,000 people that was also baptized and experienced the same thing on that day. I don't speak in tongues because I'm Pentecost. Hear me today. I do not speak in tongues because I'm Pentecost. I am Pentecostal because I spoke in tongues. And I speak in tongues because I repented and was baptized in the name of Jesus as Peter commanded. And Peter said that if you would do those two things, you would be filled with the Holy Ghost. And how do we know we're filled with the Holy Ghost? When you speak in tongues. And we know someone is filled with the Holy Ghost or God's Spirit because they speak in an unknown language. Amen. 
being filled with the Holy Ghost and speaking in an unknown tongue fulfills the new birth experience for us. Amen. Now listen to me. If you are sitting in this building today, we have a lot of young people today and you need to hear me. If you're sitting in this building today and you've never received the Holy Ghost by speaking in tongues, you need to hear me right now. Matter of fact, if, if you are a young person, maybe you've done like me. You spoke in tongues when you was nine years old. And you've not spoken tongues in years. Maybe you're an adult here. You spoke in tongues only the first time you ever spoke in tongues. And that's when we know initially you was filled with the Holy Ghost. You need to understand that this is important. It's not just something people does. It's a part of the plan of salvation. Speaking in tongues is a part of the plan of salvation. How can you say that, Brother Orton? Because we see all throughout the Word of God that the Bible is types and shadows all the way through. I talked about how the, the repentance is a type of us uh, doing what Jesus done when he died on the cross. The flesh died out, and our flesh dies out when we repent. And when Jesus was buried in that tomb, it's a type of us being baptized in the name of Jesus and the blood covering us up and covering the old life. Just as Jesus' old body, that body that walked on this earth was put in that tomb, that it's the same thing that we do. And when we're speaking tongues, it's the same thing as Jesus was rose, hallelujah, on that third day by the Spirit of God. We raised the newness of life. That's why it's called the new birth. You have a new birth and you have something new that's happening to your life. That is the fulfillment of the gospel. 1 Corinthians 15, 1-14, Paul said, Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preach to you, which also you have received and where you understand. He said, listen, by which also you are saved. Let me tell you tonight, if you don't fulfill the plan of God by receiving the gospel, the Bible way, you will not be saved. Amen. Okay? That's, right. that's not me, that's the word of God. And that's part of the reason why I speak in tongues. I want to fulfill the plan of God. I want to make sure that I have the newness of life flowing through me. Because Paul said that which you're saved, saying the gospel is what's going to save you, right? He said, keep in memory what I preach in you unless you have believed in vain. I don't want to believe this in vain. This is one reason I'm preaching what I'm preaching. I don't want you to believe in vain. I don't want you to think that all you have to do, okay, is say a sinner's prayer and you're saved. I don't want you to think that all you have to do is just say a sinner's prayer, say a prayer, then get baptized any kind of way you want to, and you're saved. I don't want you to think that, okay, we'll take it farther, that you just say a sinner's prayer, you repent, and then you're baptized in Jesus' name, then you speak in tongues, and then you're saved. It takes a continual renewing. Constant. He said, I deliver to you first of all, which I received how that Christ died for our sins. Here we go. According to the scriptures, he was buried and they rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Jesus died, we died to our sins. Jesus was buried, we are buried through baptism in the name of Jesus. Jesus rose from the grave and by his own spirit, the Holy Ghost, he rose from the grave. And we raised from our old life into a new life by the spirit that he puts inside of us. All right? Listen to it. Romans 8 and 10. If Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the spirit is life because of righteousness. Now listen to this. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you. What raised Jesus from the grave? 
spirit? Here's the question. How many spirits are there? The word of God said there's one spirit. If that one spirit that raised up Jesus from the grave dwells in you, that one spirit is the spirit of the Holy Ghost. That same spirit that created everything that we see. That spirit. He said, if that spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, how does he dwell in you? There's only one way he can dwell in you is that if he has filled you. Amen. And he fills you with his spirit. Come on now. Now I'm going to get to it how, how, how this all works, but he says, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his, by his spirit that dwelleth in you. Now let me say this before I go any farther tonight. When we receive the Holy Ghost, you will speak in tongues. Okay? You don't receive the Holy Ghost when you believe. I have Bible for that. I hear a lot of people say, well, I believe, so I've gotten the Holy Ghost. According to the Bible, you do not have the Holy Ghost if you just believe. James 2.19 says, the devils believe in one God, and they fear and tremble, but they're not filled with the Holy Ghost. So you can believe and not be saved. What scripture do you have for this? Acts 19, chapter 1. And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus, finding certain disciples. Listen to the question he says in verse 2. He said to them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? Paul separates the two. He lets us know you can believe but not have the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. And then he goes a little farther and he said to them, Oh, they said, we have not even as much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. He said to them, then how will you baptize? This goes back to last week's, right? And they said, they said John's baptism. He said, John baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him, which should come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. And when they heard this, they got rebaptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And then Paul laid his hands on them, verse 6, and the Bible says the Holy Ghost came on them and they spake with tongues and prophesied. Amen. Speaking in tongues is the initial evidence of receiving the Holy Ghost. And if we do not speak in tongues, that means you have not been filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. How does this all work? Let me go something else first, okay? So, after you speak in tongues, and this is a whole lesson within itself that I'm not going to get into tonight because I'm concentrating on why I speak in tongues and why I preach that you need to speak in tongues. And, and, and I'll go a little farther that, that you need to speak in tongues not only your initial time, but you need to get to the place that you speak in tongues every day. Come on, that's right. I will never forget as long as I live. I have not been preaching very long with the David. And all of a sudden... We're in a rock and roll service, and, and I, I remember standing by, I think, Brother Jesse, and, and uh, man, everybody's getting with it, and the preacher got up and said, oh, come on, have we all spoken tongues today? And I was like, and then I had to think about it. When's the last time I really spoke in tongues? I was preaching, too. Come oh, on, hang in with me, okay? So to me, what I, this, this title I got today, Why I Speak in Tongues, is more 
And as you're saying, the initial evidence. Because beyond the initial evidence, people can speak in tongues like a Chinese laundromat, but yet look, act, and live like a devil. Just because you speak in tongues doesn't mean that that thing is operating in your life like it should. Because it is important to understand that the fruit of the Spirit is the real evidence that you have been filled with the Spirit. Because if the fruit's not operating in your life, that probably means that that Spirit is not really working in your life. I want to tell you right now, though, the fruit of the Spirit is also a working progress in all of us. And this is why it's important that we speak in tongues every day because the Spirit renews our mind and if the Spirit's not working through your mind, and you'll understand this here just a little bit when I get to this, something absolutely incredible. I've heard it preached a few times. I finally looked it up and found it. I'm going to share it with you tonight. You might not have ever heard it. Maybe you have. But it's powerful. It goes along with what I'm saying right here. But it, it, it takes a work in progress because there are some days I don't feel like this fruit working in my life. Some days I don't feel like loving. Some days I don't feel joy. This is, the, this is real evidence of the, of, the, of the Holy Ghost. I don't have the peace. I don't have the long-suffering. I don't have gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. That's the fruit of the Spirit. That's how we know when these things are operating in our life, this is how we know that the Holy Ghost is really operating. And I know there are many subjects within this subject, but people being willing to yield or submit themselves to speak in tongues is a very huge hurdle for many people because it's hard for people to get to the place that they're willing to open their mouth up and yield their, their, their tongue to something that's basically taken over the world at that time. And it's tough. Whether you're by yourself or you're in, front of, or you're in a church crowd like this, okay? It is a big hurdle, but I have to get us to understand, and this is why I speak in tongues, and this is why I, I preach that we need to speak in tongues, because speaking in tongues should become this daily thing in our lives, because it renews us and keeps us in line with that love, joy, peace, long-suffering, because if you go long enough without that spirit renewing your mind, because that's what the speaking in tongues does, yeah, I'll, I'll talk about it here in just a second, it renews your mind. It breaks you back in line and in order with God. The Spirit lines you up. It pushes the flesh yes. out of the way. And it lines you up and gets you back in alignment with where God is. Yes. So the question is this. Why did God choose tongues? He could have He could have chose like uh, John seeing a dove coming over top of, of Jesus, right? Hey, we, we could get up here and we repent, be baptized, and we could come out of the water like Jesus and have a dove come down and hover over top of us. And everybody say, hey, they got the Holy Ghost. I seen the dove. <laughs> or maybe it's like if, uh, uh, if you're a left behind uh, uh, fan, maybe it's like this. They, they know that Father, you know, I'm not going to get in the grave, but uh, all the tribulation stuff and all this, but if you, if you ever read the Left Behind series, when you get our own into it, everybody knows each other as a Christian because there's a cross that appears on their head. God, he could have just done that and just said, we know they can feel the Holy Ghost because they got a cross. I better admit that. They got a dove on their head. Got a dove on their forehead. Hey, man, you've got the Holy Ghost. You've got the dove. It'd be a lot easier sometimes. Right? He chose tongues for a reason. A very specific and very powerful reason. 
And we find it in the book of James chapter 3. Verse 2. For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man and able also to bridle the whole body. Now listen to this. We got any people here that is familiar with horses at all. If you're like me, I'm a horse illiterate person, okay? Um, I love when I retire someday to get some horses, but I've always been afraid of horses and they don't like me. So I'm going to try to break that one of these days and get me a horse. It's going to throw me a dozen times. I'll be coming here limping, right? But anyway, I, I know enough about horses to, for this. We put bits in the horse's mouth that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. So they take this bit, they put it in their mouth, and they pull on this, and it basically controls this inside their mouth. It controls everything about their body, okay? That's what he's talking about here, all right? Behold, also the ships, which though they be so great, we talk about these great big ships out in the ocean the sea, Though they be so great, they're driven of fierce winds, yet they turn about with a very small helm, whatsoever the government is. Basically, there's this thing at the bottom of it, and as it turns, the whole ship turns by this little bitty thing. Okay? Listen to what he says about the tongue. Even so, the tongue is a little member. Now, some tongues are littler than others. I, I was born with a very small tongue. I can barely stick it out of my mouth at times. And my wife can stick it up on her forehead. Hers. Not that far, but this. Her daddy's will go even farther than that. But it doesn't matter how far this tongue sticks out. It is a very little member of our body. The Bible said it boasted great things. Behold, how great a matter, a little fire kindled. How many times have we seen all kinds of junk stirred up because either me or somebody else in your life, we speak something that causes all kinds of trouble. Sticks and stones may break my bone, but words will never hurt me. That is the biggest lie there ever was. I would rather some people punch me in the nose, kick me, stomp me in the ground because I'll get over it the next day. But I've had people give me some tongue lashes that it took years to get over it. Okay? Now, now listen to me. Hang with me. And, and the tongue is a fire, a war of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members that it defileth the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature that set on, set on fire of hell. For every kind of beast and birds and serpents and things the sea is tamed and hath been tamed of mankind. Listen to me. But the tongue can no man tame. It's unruly, evil, full of deadly, deadly poison. Therewith Bless we God, even the Father therewith. Curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceeded blessings and cursings. My brethren, these things ought not to be. Then the fountain sent forth both the same place, bitter water and sweet water. Our tongue will get us in more trouble than anything else in this world. Amen. Our tongue. How many? I, I, he's sweet and precious right now, but just a little bit longer. You're going to be saying, you shut that smart mouth up or I'm going to smack it. Because that's what we've done to you. That's what we've done to you. And that's what I want to do to some of you kids out there and adults. <laughs> and you might want to do that to me. Because this tongue will get us in trouble. So how ironic 
that the Lord said, this is how I know when you've given me control of your life is when you yield your tongue and let me control what you say. So this is why he chose tongues. Yes. Because how many times have we been praying for somebody and they're just they're just right there, just opening up and let the tongues flow out of their life. But something's holding them back. It's fear, it's afraid to, to yield that 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 thing, that tongue, that control. And when we finally let that go, God literally begins to speak out of us. I wish I'd brought it. I've used the example before, but envision a great big thing of water. We have a cup, and we push that cup inside the water. We feel the pressure pushing against it all the way around that cup, but yet on the inside it's still empty. You can feel the pressure of the water. But when you take that thing and you push it under the water, totally, completely submerge it, and submit it to the water completely, that water rushes on the inside of it. How many's ever taken a bucket and begin to fill it up with water and not paying attention? And the next thing you know, the bucket had hit the bottom of the water. The, the water hit the bottom of the bucket and filled up all the way. Then begin to do this. Just flow it out. That's what happens when you finally yield the, yourself to the Holy Ghost. God runs all the way down to the bottom of you. It begins to backflow out of you. When it comes, it just explodes out. It begins to flow out. And the words just begin to come out of you. And you just let it flow out of you. Because it's the Holy Ghost just rolling out of you by speaking in tongues. Yes, yes. And when we do that, God is literally speaking through us. And this is why I speak in tongues as often as I can. I endeavor to try to do it every day because sometimes when we're speaking in tongues, the Spirit is praying through us for things. There's some things, Sister Janet, I don't know how to pray for. There's some things I don't know. I don't have the words. I can't conjure them up. And I can try my best to pray. But thank God Romans 8.26 says, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Like we get to them places that I, I don't know how to pray for this situation. And I just begin to groan and moan. And I just let the Spirit begin to flow through me. And the Spirit takes over and I may be speaking in, 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 in a heavy language or some other language from this world but God is speaking through me to that situation and God begins to move. I don't have the word but God does it. Amen. I remember one day out on my deck praying all of a sudden I had something hit and just overrun me and just it, and I was like oh my goodness because I, I, I just fixed to have an explosion in, out on my back porch. So I went in the house, I got in there, and I just began to speak in tongues, and I just, just could feel it just rolling from my gut, flowing out of me, just flowing out of my spirit. And, and I, could, I could feel it. I didn't know where, but I felt like I was praying for somebody in some other country. I felt as if I was praying for a missionary. I didn't know their name. I didn't know what I was saying, but I just feel it just flowing out of me. And I, I believe with all my heart that I was praying for somebody that needed a needed somebody to pray for them and I didn't have the words in the Holy Word but God used me as a vessel to pray to that situation and there's other times the Holy Ghost it just builds me up it just makes me stronger by allowing God to take control of my life every once in a while we need to let God take control of our life as much as we can that's absolutely impossible for us being human beings to let God Totally always walk in control because we've got this battle constantly between flesh and blood, okay? 
And that's why we need the twin spirit in the flesh. So we need to, we need to make sure we speak in tongues every day we can. Because John, for, uh, because uh, uh, I had this, where's it at? I lost, lost my script. Here it is. But, but ye beloved, Jude one twenty, building, but ye beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Sometimes you just need to pray in the Holy Ghost because it just builds you up. It strengthens you. It's that renewing of the mind when all of a sudden you just get in that place of prayer and you just begin to let the Spirit of God flow through you. It takes control of your mind and you can just kind of check out and God begins to pray and take care of things that you couldn't do in a year. Building up yourself. And then then we also, sometimes, we just need the Holy Ghost to be that comforter and that teacher in our life. We don't understand what's going on. We, we can't comprehend it. And we need God to help give us understanding and comfort in that thing that we're dealing with. And that's why John 14, 26, Jesus says, But the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said to you. Okay? So it's so important. You know why we got so many weary saints in church today? Maybe we got saints that's not willing to travail to get in that place right. of praying in the Spirit. Because that Spirit will give you rest. Yes, Isaiah 28, 11 and 12. You know why I speak in tongues? For Isaiah 28, 11 and 12 says, For with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to his people. To whom he said, listen to this verse, This is... What, what's he talking about? This, this stammering lips and another tongue. This is the rest wherewith you may cause the weary to rest. Amen. And this is the refreshing that they would not hear. I believe this is why so many are weary in their journey as a child of God. They have not spoken tongues in days, weeks, months, and some has not even spoken tongues in years. Wow. And it's time... It is in this time that God will begin to renew our spirit with his spirit. Now, I said I was going to tell you, this, this is so fascinating. There was a study that was done, okay? I've talked to you here about my experience. I've talked to you about what the Bible says about it. So let's see what speaking in tongue according to science and psychology says. You ready for this? In 2016, a University of Pennsylvania team involved in the research tracked down what happens psychologically in the brain of a speaking in tongues person. Right? You search this for yourself. What happens to the brain when you speak in tongues? You'll find all kinds of different articles come up. For this trial, scientists used a brain scanning technique known as the functional imaging of the brain, an FMRI. They found that there was an obvious decrease, listen to this, in brain activity taking place in the frontal lobes, uh, neural regions, when individuals examined in the study experience speaking in tongues. The ability of controlling oneself is located in this particular frontal lobe brain area that ends up kind of going dead, all right? Andrew Newberg, MD, Associate Professor of Radiology, Psychiatry, and Religious Studies, and Director for the Center of Spirituality and the Mind at Penn University, he explained, he said, we noticed a number of changes that occurred functionally in the brain 
Our finding of decreased activity in the frontal lobes during the practice of speaking in tongues is fascinating because these subjects truly believe that the Spirit of God is moving through them and controlling them to speak. Our brain imaging research shows us that these subjects are not in control of the usual language centers during this activity, which is consistent with their description of a lack of intentional control while speaking in tongues. Consequently, the speaking in tongues phenomenon occurs in some people because they strongly believe that there is a higher power, which we believe is the Holy Ghost, God, Jesus Christ, we believe is all one. They believe that there is a higher power which wants to speak and communicate through them. Right. Yeah. What did I just say about that? Praying for somebody in another country? Right. He said this is when people lose their... Listen to this. This is doctor talking. This is when these people lose their sense of themselves, abandoned to the divine spirit which flows freely through their whole being. This is when the activity in the frontal lobes of the speaking in tongues, individuals decrease and they're not in full control of their language centers during this religious uh, ecstatic moment. This explains why people who have the gift of tongues utter incomprehensible sounds, words, sentences, etc. One more phrase, one more paragraph for this. This is so powerful. Listen to this. Newberg concluded, these findings could be interpreted as the subject's sense of self-being taken over by something else. We scientifically assume it's being taken over by another part of the brain. But we couldn't see in the imaging study where this took place. We believe this is the first scientific, scientific imagery Imaging study evaluating changes in cerebral activity. Looking at what actually happens to the brain when someone is speaking in tongues. The study showed a number of other changes in the brain, including the areas involved in emotions and establishing our sense of self. No wonder Isaiah said, for with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people. This is the rest for which you may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing. To put this in simple terms, basically they're saying this. The part of our speech center that controls our emotions and our, our, our self-being and all this stuff. When we begin to speak in tongues, that part is inactive. And you're no longer in control of that. And the spirit is flowing through you. So literally what they're saying is you're speaking something but your brain in that part right there is not working, so you're not supposed to be speaking anything. Mm -hmm. And the truth of the matter is, Sister Janet, we're not. God is speaking. Right. Because that part goes blank all of a sudden, and God says, you don't need that right now because I'm giving you rest. And with stammering lips and an unknown tongue, where he speaks to his people, and that's where he's going to give them rest. This church is why I speak in tongues and why I want everyone in this room to speak in tongues and why I want everybody in this city to speak in tongues, why I want everybody in this world to let God take control of our lives through being filled with the Holy Ghost and being evident, hallelujah, initially by be speaking in tongues and then that they would bear the fruit of the Spirit in their life. Hallelujah. I don't get it right every time. I miss it a lot. And when I endeavor every day to speak in tongues, yes, yes, yes. and I'll let that thing begin to take control of my world. I, I close tonight with Romans chapter 8. I've been read part of it. I'm going to start at verse 1. 
and break this down as I close this today. Romans 8 and 1. There is therefore now no condemnation of them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Walking after the flesh is us doing our own thing. Okay? Let me explain. Walking after the flesh is when that person cuts you off and you wave at them with one finger and, and have a few choice words. Okay? That's you walking the flesh. Walking in the Spirit would be us going and saying, it's okay. I trust you, Lord. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus had made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. And let me tell you what. As long as you do not have that Spirit daily, it needs to be at least weekly, okay? But as long as you don't have that thing daily, the Spirit of God aligning you back up with God, we are going to walk in the flesh. That's why we need to have that daily experience. This is why we need to daily be born, be born again. Right. We daily need to repent and ask God to forgive our sins. We, need, we need to daily take the Word of God and let that wash our lives. And then we daily need to let the Spirit renew us and bring us back to life. Because you guys know as well as I do, if you go through a hard day and you get to the end of the day, it wears you out. Okay? We need something to refresh us. We need something to renew us. And this is what the Spirit is all about. And he said, they that are after flesh do mind the things of flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of Spirit. For to be carnally minded, that's think fleshly stuff, is death. But spiritually minded is life and peace. If we can have this mind of God, this Spirit, we're going to have life and peace in our world. A lot better, a lot more. Now let me just say this now. Being filled with the Holy Ghost and speaking in tongues every day is not a fix-all. All right? There's some things we have to do on our own. Okay? We look at the plan of salvation. We see the three elements that we need to survive in this world. The first one is things that we can do. We repent. That's me. That's what I do. The second thing is being baptized uh, in the name of Jesus. I can't do that on myself. I need somebody else to baptize me. So that shows me I need me to do something, and I need my brother and sister to be involved in my life. The last thing is God filling me with the Holy Ghost. You can't feel me. I can't feel myself. That takes God. So I need me doing something. I need my brothers and sisters involved, and I need God involved. Yes, amen. So we see these all three, all these elements. And when we have these elements working in our life, guess what begins to happen in our world? We begin to walk in this mind of life and peace. I'm almost done. Because the carnal mind is enmity. That's hatred against God. For it's not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Did you all hear that? If we're walking in our own fleshly desire, we can't please God. That's why daily we need to repent. Daily we need to wash ourselves with the Word of God. And daily we need to let our spirit be renewed that we're not walking in the flesh. Because if you don't do that, honey, you're going to be grumpy. You're going to be grouchy. You're going to walk in the flesh. You're going to operate in the flesh. But if we can endeavor to do this every day, we have a much better chance. Yeah, amen. 
And if we live only with what we want to do, then we are living in that flesh and can't please God. But I like verse 9. You're not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Amen. Now let me ask this question. Do we have to have the Holy Ghost to be considered one of God's? I'm going to let the rest of these verses answer that question. Okay? Unless this verse. Then the first part of this says, But if you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. The rest of that says, Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Now, I'm not saying that the Word of God says that. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, how does He dwell in you? By the infilling of the Holy Ghost. How do we know the infilling of the Holy Ghost is happening in our life? Initially by the uh, by us speaking in tongues and then by that constant renewing, the, gift, the, the, uh, uh, the, the fruit of the Spirit begins to work in our life. And every day we let this process go and we start getting this love, joy, peace, long-suffering, happiness, meekness, uh, temper. We start getting all this in our life. So, but the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you. He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken. That word quicken means give life to your mortal bodies uh, by His Spirit or because of His Spirit that dwelleth in you. Listen to me. If I speak in tongues, praise God, it, it, it is bringing me into life. I speak in tongues because it's a sign to me, hallelujah, to let me know that God has filled me. And along with the fact that I start loving, I start having joy, I start having peace, I start having long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. I have all these things that accompany the Holy Ghost. And then the Holy Ghost begins to fight my battles. And the Holy Ghost begins to comfort and teach me through no matter what I'm going through. And it will give me rest when I'm weary. And you know another reason why I speak in tongues and why I have the Holy Ghost? Ephesians 4 and 30. Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God whereby you are sealed into the day of redemption. I love to do this. I love to do this. Here's me. There's, a, there's the Holy Ghost in me. God comes in here and shakes me up fills me with the Holy Ghost. But then I walk out the door and forget about the Holy Ghost. And I go through life, and life gets me and bumps me. And guess what happens? Every bit of that Holy Ghost I got that night, by the time I get home, is all run out. But if I'm sealed with that Holy Ghost, I don't just experience the Holy Ghost, but I let the Holy Ghost seal me, and the day that I'm redeemed, it doesn't matter what life does to me, the Holy Ghost keeps that inside of me, and if I can do that every day, seal my life up, because you're going to get bumps, you're going to get bruises in your life, and when you do, it's going to crack this thing loose, and every time you turn around, it's going to crack it loose, if you don't keep tightening that uh, spirit up in your life, it's going to eventually come back open again, like I had when I was nine years old, and I let it run all out of me. But thank God at 16, I learned the fact that i got to keep a seal on that thing. You have to keep that seal every day, Sister Chastity. I repent. I get baptized by, by washing myself with the Word of God again. And I endeavor to speak in tongues every day because it takes that time, that, 
in and it tightens down. And everything I get on the inside of me, it keeps from running out of me. This is why I speak in tongues. This is the main reason I want to speak in tongues. Because that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead to give me life also is going to be the same spirit that's going to bring me out of the grave someday. If I let the Holy Ghost keep me sealed, he's going to change this body. Ultimately, just like he did his body on that Amen. resurrection day. Amen. Yes. Without, I read in verse 9 ago, without his spirit, I'm none of his. Because what he's going to do, when he comes back, okay? See, this is what happened. Everything that kept Jesus alive on this earth, all the essence was God, okay? Jesus said, look, I've got to go. There's going to be greater works for you to do. But you can't do it as long as I do. But when I go, I've got enough left for everybody in this world. And I'm going to take a little bit of every bit of me and I'm going to put it inside of every one of you. Come on. Amen. I'm going to take a little bit and put it in every one of you. It's going to be down on the inside of us. Yes. Yes. And when Jesus comes back and he sounds that trumpet, He's going to start calling all that spirit from all over this world back, all back into himself. And if that spirit is inside of you, guess what's going to happen to you? You're going going to be changed and you're going to go with it. In the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, I shall be changed. This body shall be changed. And it can't be changed if it's not on the inside of me. Amen. I want it on the inside. And that church is why I speak in tongues. Hallelujah. I speak in tongues. It, it, it is an essential part of my walk with God. Right. Amen. And I remember that day that preacher said what he said. You spoke in tongues today? I was so embarrassed because I wasn't sure. I, I'm sure I had within the last week, but I hadn't that day. So every day, I strive. Lord, I, I need your, because when I do, that spirit renews me. It refreshes me. It keeps me. It seals me. It keeps me where I need to be. And you know what? Let, let me just say this. Because I, I, some of us have been listening, some of us have been out in left field somewhere watching for a field something. I don't know. All right? But you kids listen to me. You young adults listen to me. All this hell you're fighting right now, I can solve that for you. Mm. Yep. You learn to pray through every day. Amen. 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 All that, all that poor addiction you're dealing with, it may not fix it all, but it'll help. Mm-hmm. All that back talking we're doing to, to, to the parents and all this stuff. And let me go farther than that. Get the bad grades you might be making. Come on. Pray through every day and say, God, I need you to help me make good grades so I, I, one of these days I can be smart and help win this world. Mm-hmm. I'm just being honest. Amen. I'm being real. The Holy Ghost will change you. It'll change your world. Again, it's not a fix-all. We still got to do something. We still got to get up and go. 
I know sometimes you get in that place where you're fighting that deep, dark depression. I, I'm reading a very excellent book by Brother Carlton Coon. If you did, if you fight depression whatsoever, you should get this book and read it. And if you don't, if you've never fought depression a whole lot like me, you need to read this book so you can understand those who do better. A light in the dark place. Sometimes even that spirit of the Holy Ghost, it's just going to take you to have to get up and push on and keep on going. Amen. Even when you're going through the motions. But how much better it is before you hit that. Because my understanding of depression, there's got people that, that's always depressed. And then you've got these, these, these seasons of depression that you go through. How much better would it be when you get to that season that you might fight that depression if all of a sudden, before you get there, you've already built yourself up to the Holy Ghost. So you're a lot higher so the depression can't bring you down as low and maybe you can come out of it quicker. I'm just trying to be real tonight. Amen. This is why I speak in tongues. Let me come play on down. I'm going to do everything I can to see every individual in this church, every individual in this city, every individual in this area be filled with the Holy Ghost. Somebody says, why do we do this stuff? Why do we, what? Because I have experienced it. I know what it's like. I know what it's like. I know what it's like to speak in tongues. I know what it's like to walk into the side of a church service so worn out, so frustrated, so battling, so many things. And all of a sudden the Lord says, you know what? Whap! The Spirit hits me and all of a sudden the Spirit just refreshes me. I know what it's like to be so weary and go crawl up on the altar somewhere and say, God, I don't know what's wrong. Why can't I not feel you? Why am I going through this? And all of a sudden, you start feeling from the top of your head all the way down the soles of your feet. That spirit just begins to flow over, over you. And you begin to speak in tongues. And all of a sudden, that spirit begins to refresh and renew your worship. A good old ghost of the Holy Ghost goes a long way. And let me tell you today, Dr. Newberg said it. When you begin to Yield yourself to the Holy Ghost. And those frontal lobes begin to just shut down because you don't need them no more. And God says, I got it. Let me just speak for you for a while. Let me speak in your place for a little bit. It's incredible. It's an incredible experience. This is why I speak in tongues. This is why I want you to speak in tongues. That's why I want the world to speak in tongues. The Word of God says it. It'll change your world. So, before I open the altars, I want to do this. If you have never received the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues and you would like to receive that tonight, would you step out of your comfort zone and walk up here and stand in front of me? This is midweek Bible study. Why are we doing this for, Pastor? Because I know that some here tonight's not had that experience. I want to give you the opportunity. Come on now. Well, I'm not going to tarry with it forever, but maybe it's been a while since you spoke in tongues. That should be all of us. Why don't we all come in and say, Pastor, you're right. I had a prayer meeting this morning, but I need another one tonight. Because I've worked. I've battled 
I battled bosses, I battled this, and I battled that. Why don't you find a place and pray and seek God? If you begin to speak in another language, a heavenly language. Could be. Let me. As you're coming, let me tell you this story. So some of you praying already. I want you to hear this story. I just heard this told. Some of you guys remember a few years ago. Brother Jimmy Tony had five young people out of his church to get killed in a car accident. Five young people out of his church to get killed in a car accident. And while it's very tragic, this pastor got a hold of him or the family or something and said, I was with this young girl as she was leaving this world into the next world. And as this girl was leaving, she was speaking in fluent Spanish. And this mother said, I think it's like I was talking to this, this uh, the mother of this child, she said, she doesn't know Spanish. You know what was happening? As she was leaving this world to another world, that girl was a child of God and she was speaking in fluent Spanish, speaking in another tongue, speaking in the Holy Ghost as she left this world into the next world. That's the kind of God we serve. Even as you pass from life to death, He said, okay, honey, I got you. You ain't got to worry about what you're going to say here. I got you covered here. The Holy Ghost is what we 